That's two different ways of experiencing church. One way, it says, what can you do for me? How good's the show? The other way says, what can I do to get in and make a difference? You know, it's important that we stay focused as a church. Because if we don't, we're always just a couple of small steps away from being a place where people just come and consume. And as one of your leaders, that's the last thing we want this church to become, is just a place where people come and consume. Now, if you're here for the first time, consume. Enjoy. Sit back, check us out, find out what we're all about. But there's going to be a time where we say, okay, it's time to stop being a spectator and get in the game and participate. For the last few weeks, we've been going through a series called In Focus. Because we believe as a church that God has called us to some very specific values that we need to keep in focus. And if we don't keep those things in focus, just like in life when you get off focus and, and things seem to drift and, and, and seem inefficient and ineffective, the same thing happens in the church when a church gets off focus. We stop being as effective as we could be and we stop running with the efficiency that we could run with when we're off focus and then we just come a play, become a place where people come and consume. And I've gone through four very distinct values that we want to keep in focus as a church. This material that I've shared comes from a class that we have about once a month. The next one's not coming up till April. But the class is called Overview, and it's just an, an overview of what we believe as a church and where we want to stay focused and why we do things the way we do, and it just lets you know who we are. And at the end of that, you always have an opportunity to commit to membership. Now, at LifePoint, membership is a little bit different. You're going to hear a lot more about that next week, but membership is something we ask you to commit to. It's not something we hand out cards for and say, you're now an official, you know, we, we give membership to you. It's not like that at all. It's a commitment that you come and say, we want to be committed to what this church is doing because we believe in the focus. And that's why over the last three weeks, fourth week counting today, that we've been sharing the things that we believe God's called us to keep in focus. There's these four areas that I've been talking about are simplicity, because we believe that a simple church is just better. Doing things simply and not complicating the message is the way Jesus intended for his message to be shared with the world. Simple. We also value growth. We believe that our job as leaders, my job as a pastor is to provide opportunities for people to grow. Your job as a follower of Christ is to take advantage of those opportunities and to take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. Another thing that, that you heard Rob Perry, one of our teaching pastors, talk about last week, the third one is simplicity. Or no, that's the first one. The third one is relevancy. We believe that a relevant church is a faithful church. And when, the, when you take the message of Jesus Christ and make it irrelevant to where people can't see how it applies to their lives, you're being unfaithful. 
So that's why we're so serious about making sure that when you come here and you hear something or you go to a small group or you take part in something else, you feel like, wow, that was relevant. I I didn't know that that's how the message of Christ could apply to my life. And we're serious about that. We think about it every time we get ready to start something new. We think, okay, is this relevant? Does it does it make a difference to people? Does it show them how Jesus can connect in their life right where they are? And if we're not doing that, we're being irrelevant. And I believe that's being unfaithful. And then today, the last one is multiplication. We have to keep multiplication in focus as a church because that's what Jesus Christ's desire was for the church in the first place, is to multiply, is to continue to share his message with more people and more people. It's not about just gathering big numbers, but it is about changing lives. And when it's a lot of lives, that's a great thing. So we've got to keep multiplication in focus because if we don't, we'll become this fort that we build up and just come and do our church thing every week and we just do it for us and have programs for us and do things for us and we never multiply. And if we did, it would be unhealthy anyway. Multiplication is the key to life. Just think if the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, when God said, be fruitful and multiply, instead of doing it, they just said, no, we don't think so. Eh, you're just two of us. That's enough. You know, get a third person in here. Gosh, we're going to have to get up at night and feed this thing. You know, no way. They didn't say that. They said, okay, and they multiplied. They, they obeyed what God told them to do, and, and we're here today. I mean, we wouldn't be here if those first two humans wouldn't have said, okay, we'll multiply. Well, the same is true when it comes to the church. God expects us to multiply. When Jesus was on earth, he picked out 12 guys and he mentored them. He he taught them. They walked with him for three years. And you can read in the Bible about one of the last conversations that he had with his disciples. There were 12. Judas did his thing that you know about and betrayed him. and, And so he went his own way. And then Jesus was left with 11. And the After Jesus' resurrection, he gathered those 11 together to tell them what he wanted them to do. And you can read about that in the first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 28. There are some Bibles coming down the aisles right now, going up the aisles. The ushers uh, have those for you. If you don't have a Bible, if you're here for the first time and you'd like an extra one, or, or for whatever reason, just raise your hand. They'll pass one over to you. That book is yours to keep. At Life Point, you need to know that we believe the words in there are true. And if you read them, and you apply them to your life, they will reveal God's heart for mankind, and they will lead you into what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So take one, you can follow along on the screen, or you can open up that book and read. As I read from Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So here's Jesus with these 11 guys saying, okay, I've been with you guys for three years. Now it's time for you to take what I've given you, what I've put in your hearts and you've watched me do. It's time for you to take that and share it with the world. And, and go teach people. And Jesus is clear. He says, go baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Now, Jesus just wasn't giving them this, this big rule book to say, okay, teach them to obey these rules because it's turn or burn. You know, if you don't do this, smoke and section for eternity for them. That's not what he's telling them to do. He's telling them to take this hope that they've experienced, take that into the world, and share that with people. 
and he would be with them when they did it. If those 11 men had not taken Jesus seriously that day, if they had just said, well, okay, well, when we get around to it, Jesus will be glad to let other people know about this. Well, when our busy lives slow down, I'll be glad to tell somebody else about what you've done in my life. I'll be glad to invite other people in on this, but later. Had they done that and not done anything, you wouldn't be here today. If there was a way, you know, you can go on Ancestry.com and find all your, you know, go back, way, way, way back and, and try to piece it all together where you came from, what country you came from. I'm going to do that one of these days. I think that's cool. But, but if you could do that spiritually and trace back every person in this room that knows Christ can be traced back to one of those 11 guys standing with Jesus that day that said, we're going to do this. We're serious about multiplying what Jesus Christ has done in our life. You wouldn't be here if they hadn't done that. So multiplication is a building block for God's church. It's a building block for people after us to know about this message of Jesus Christ. I want you to do something with me for a minute. Now, if you're here for the first time, uh, d- don't let this weird you out. We, we don't do weird things very often at LifePoint, but I want everybody to close their eyes. I'm not going to do anything uh, funny to you. Just close your eyes. I'm going to trust that you have them closed. I'm going to sneak and get a drink of water while you're doing that. So everybody close their eyes, and I want you to imagine something. I want you to think about the first time you heard about the message of Christ. Think about the person. Get a picture in your mind of that person. Mom, dad, aunt, uncle, family member, coworker, friend. Somebody told you about Christ. I'm thinking of a person right now myself. Somebody made that first invitation. Now hold that picture of them in your mind. Now, Imagine what your life would be like had that person never said a word to you. Imagine what your life would be like if they'd never said, come and see, or do you want to know more about this, or here's what Christ has done in my... Just imagine what it would be like. You can open your eyes now. See, because they got serious about multiplying the faith that was in them, you know Christ today if you're a Christ follower. Somebody told you about him. Somebody encouraged you. Just imagine, just imagine if a year and a half ago, a group of leaders that I was a part of sat in a room and said, what if we became a multiple site church? What if, instead of us getting all this money and building this big building and instead of us doing that, let's multiply into another community. What, what if we did that? What, what would happen? And we did. God led us on it. Now, imagine what your life would be like today. For those of you that have found this to be a church home and are finding something new and refreshing that you've never experienced before, imagine what your life would be like right now if those guys, if those of us hadn't sat in that room and said, let's do this. Let's multiply. Let's reproduce this thing because there's more people need to know. See, we're all here because somebody got serious about what Jesus said in Matthew 28 when he said, go, go out, go into the world, let people know about it. So you need to know that LifePoint Church is a multiplying church, that it's a reproducing church because that's God's desire. And we're going to stay focused on that because there are people, probably, it will definitely here today that don't have a knowledge and a relationship with Christ and can't say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're one of those people, 
you need to know that you are why we do what we do. Well, don't you do stuff for people that are already following Christ? Yes, we get them to multiply. We get them to, to let other people know about it. Because you know what? You could sit in a small group for 20 years and talk, watch videos, talk about stuff. And, but until you start to multiply and let other people in on what's changed your life, you won't grow. I mean, you can say, well, I'm, I learned something. You might intellectually get something, but, but you're not going to really, really start to grow until you get a hold of this idea that you've got something inside of you that Jesus says, tell the world about it. So people who come here and say, I- I'm already a Christ follower. Awesome. Where are you going to jump in? What are you going to do? Who are you bringing with you next week? Because that's what Christ would have us do as his followers. So here's what we need to do as a church in regard to multiplication and and reproduction. If you've been to Overview, you've heard me say this. Multiplication on all levels. If you're a small group leader, if you have been in any kind of leadership equipping class that we do, you've heard us say, we're going to multiply on all levels. And that starts at the individual level. Starts with a person, not just saying, we're going to do this over here as a church and that. It starts with people, with, with you. And we have this principle we, we share called the 222 principle. It comes from a book called Nine Keys to Effective Leadership by Carl George. And it comes from, he got that from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 2. Come on. Okay. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 2. Perfect. You, can't, you won't forget it now. Here's, here's what Paul said to his student Timothy. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul is giving this principle of, to his student Timothy, he's saying, the things you've heard me do, take those things and let other people know. Entrust them, who, and then in turn they will entrust others. So he's getting this, this idea in Timothy's mind of multiplication. Don't just keep it to yourself. Tell somebody that will tell somebody. Trust somebody that'll trust somebody. Share it with somebody that's going to share it with somebody. And that's how the church grows. The church won't grow without people doing that. It might swell up and get a bunch of people coming together to sing songs and, and, and have fun on Sunday morning, but it's not going to grow until everybody starts to get the idea that I need to tell somebody that's going to tell somebody. And then the message of Christ really begins to multiply. Here's what we mean practically on the individual level. When we say we want everybody doing anything at LifePoint to think about reproducing and multiplying. Let's say that you are our chief bagel cutter, okay? I mean, that's an important job at LifePoint. You know, the cafe is important. I mean, people come to LifePoint because we have Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm not kidding. I mean, one of the the scariest times ever for me in this church was when we thought about cutting out Krispy Kremes because they cost so much. And it was like, you're, you're not cutting out Krispy Kremes. No way. I mean, people were giving money left and right to make sure that we could pay for Krispy Kremes. So they're not going anywhere. There's a few people that are like, hey, if you have any Krispy Kreme problem, you come over. I'll shoot you some, some, some dollars so you can keep them going. So this is an important job. So the chief bagel cutter is the person that does all that stuff at the, at the cafe, the first thing you see when you come through the door. So if you're the chief bagel cutter and, and it's time for you to multiply, here's, here's how it happens. Let's say I'm the chief bagel cutter and I've picked you out to be uh, my apprentice. My, you're you're going to help me. So here's what happens first. I do, you watch, 
and then we talk. So I'm going to cut the bagels. You're going to watch me cut them. I'm going to show you how with such the precision of a surgeon's hands, you know, I can cut bagels and get them 50-50, just perfect. And then we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to talk to you about what it takes to cut bagels. I mean, it's a serious job. Then the next thing we move to is, 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 is I'm doing and now you're helping. And you're not just watching now. You're starting, you're, you're starting to help and learn what this is, the specific role is. And, and then we're going to talk after that. Then after we get through that phase, I'd say, okay, you were a great watcher. You asked great questions. You, you're great at helping. You, you brought me those bagels. I mean, I was just cutting all morning, and you just kept them coming. You stacked them beautifully on the plate. You know, the, the day was better because of the way you stacked the bagels. And I, I take my knife out, you know, clean it off, and I hand it to you, and I say, look, it's a big day. I'd like for you to cut the bagels next week. So next week, you do. And I help, and then we talk. I'm starting to give responsibility. Then I say, you know, you did such a great job. Here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to watch next week. You are on your own. you got to do it all by yourself. And you'll probably be a little nervous and wonder, oh, no, can I really get this done? And, and, and so you do, I'll watch, and then we'll talk. And now you're, you are equipped to be a chief bagel cutter, but it doesn't end there. Because now you do and somebody else watches and multiplication has taken place. And then as chief bagel cutter, I can peel off and I can go do something else and the process can start all over again. That's what I mean by multiplying on the individual level. If we don't do that, after first service, somebody came up and said, so where's the next site? Where are you going to do another life point? And I was like, well, you know, we got to get people getting this idea of multiplication. If we don't do that on the individual level, it'll never happen on the corporate level. But that's the next place we want to multiply. If you've been to our overview class or read on our website, you've heard or read these words. LifePoint will reach our community through multiplication. One church, multiple locations. This allows us to grow in more than one place at a time. So why are we so focused on multiplication. Why is it something we just, I mean, if you've been around a while, you've heard us talk about it several times. Here's why. This week of the year, this second week of February in 2008, you know what was going on in this room? Nothing. Lights were off. Popcorn was out in the lobby waiting for people to come and see a movie. Nothing was going on. But look what's happening today. It's full of people, it's full of worship, it's full of people hearing about multiplying and doing this again. All because some guys got in a room, some people got in a room and said, we're going to multiply. And we're not just going to be a church that serves ourselves and stays in one little place and does our own little thing. We're going we're gonna to do this more than one time, more than one way. And you're here today because that happened. So what used to be Numbers in the 400s is now numbers in the 800s. So multiplication works. You're... Oh, okay. It's all right. Um, what was I saying? Multiplication works. That mouse pad is really sensitive, and if you hit it just at the wrong time, that happens. 
What was I saying? Multiplication works. I was trying to create a moment there. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. It's trying to make you feel like, wow, yeah, this place was empty this time last year. And because people were dedicated to multiplication, it's full. Look at this. Front row to back row. I'm wondering if you guys can see out my nose or something sitting down here on the front row. This is awesome. You can't, can you? Oh, gosh. I'll step back. It's clean, he says. Good. But just imagine if we kept multiplying, because you know what? Today there's a place that's empty somewhere. There's a place with no lights on, no music playing, nothing going on in regards to people coming to know Christ. It's empty. Just imagine if we went wherever that was and we filled it up. Just imagine if we went to some, wherever that is, somewhere else, and we, we, we shared this simple message of Christ and challenged people to grow. And did it in a way that was relevant, that reached people right where they were sitting. Whether, whether you just stepped out of a bar last night, went through a divorce, you went to church last week, whatever. That it met people right where they were and said, you know, it's okay to be where you are, but it's not okay to stay where you are. And then we shared the idea of multiplying. Just imagine. Just imagine the people who would get to experience what you are experiencing. And just imagine the people that won't. If we don't see God, for some reason, God really believes in us. Jesus really believed in those 11 guys that couldn't quit making mistakes. And for some reason, still today, God is trusting in people to carry his message to a world that desperately needs to hear hope. When Jesus Christ mentioned the church, one time he said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Now, more often than not, people see that as Jesus saying, we're going to build this fortress. And it's going to have big high walls. And it's going to be like a fort that keeps out the enemy. and, and, and And hell will not come through our doors. Hell will not get here. No way. That, and that couldn't be further from what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about being on the offense He's talking about us being the one that stormed the gates of evil. He's not talking about us keeping evil out. He's saying, go get it. Get after it. Go where it is. And when you do, it'll be tough. It'll be difficult. People won't always understand. But here's what he promises. The gates of hell, the gates of darkness will not prevail. They're the ones that should be scared. They're the ones that should be worried. Whoever hold up the gates of darkness, they're the ones Jesus pictured were standing up going, oh, no, light's going to get in. Anywhere light goes, darkness flees, right? You go home, dark room, turn it on, where's the dark? It's gone because the light rushes it out. And darkness knows that, and Jesus knows that. That's why he said, storm the gates of darkness. And so many times people get the picture of, let's just build a fort. Let's just stay here. Let's make the doors really big and, and the theology really unappealing to people. And let's just hold as many of this evil stuff out as we can. And I'm saying, let's go after it. Let's go get it because that's what Jesus was talking about. Look, if it's not worth sharing, it's really not worth doing, right? Why would you do something you couldn't share? I mean, think about it. Look, we're not trying to build this big organization, There's nothing in me that wants to build this big organization and sit back and go, man, look at this big organization I built. I'm not that organized. I couldn't do it anyway. There's nothing in me that's, that that no desire is to build a big organization. 
But what, what ignites my passion and what wakes me up in the morning and makes me say, we're going to keep going, we're going to keep storming those gates like Jesus said, is because I want to be a part of igniting a movement of people who say, we're not just going to keep this to ourselves. We're not going to be all weird about it, but we got a message that's hope. we got a message that's going to change people's lives. Why would you not want to let other people know about that? And the only time I've ever heard anybody say, Oh, gosh, you're going to continue to do sites? Isn't that hard? Isn't that difficult? Doesn't that spread things out? Doesn't that keep you awake at night? Yes, it does. But it's the right thing to do. You can't stop. There's never going to be a time. There's never going to be a time. And I may thin out the crowd today. There's never going to be a time when we just go, Oh, yeah, we got it, man. It's awesome. We're just going to rest. We're just, I mean, it's okay to rest for a while, but we're not going to live like that. We're not going to stop. Jesus didn't say, share this message until you get tired. He didn't say, share this message until, you know, maybe you run out of space. No, share it. And when you do, I'll be with you. That's where you get your strength. That's where you get the stamina. That's where you get the courage. That's where the rest comes from. The only criticism I've ever heard, somebody says, yeah, I just don't get it. Why do you want to keep doing that? Why don't you just like, Donnie, come on, slow down. And the reason people say that is because they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. Because they don't want to get off their seats and be uncomfortable. That's why people say it. Now, I'm just keeping it real. I'm just, you know, telling you what, what, what's come my way. You know, you might say a lot of things about a multiplying church. But one thing you can't say is that it doesn't work. Because it does. And it reaches people where they are in their community, in their life. My new motto is multiply or die trying. Erwin McManus in the book Unstoppable Force. I've known people who would like to help me with that. But Erwin McManus in the book Unstoppable Force says, I think, or he says, think movement and multiplication. Focus on contributing to a larger movement rather than growing a single institution. All their efforts go into exponentially self-multiplying rather than merely growing by addition. You know, there's something interesting about new. New attracts people. I mean, you, you, some of you here may have gotten our flyers a year ago. Maybe that's how you found out about LifePoint. If you remember those flyers, I think every single one of them had the, I know, I know at least three of the four had the word new on it. Because new and improved somehow attracts people. When I go to the grocery store and I go down the cereal aisle or something that's in a box or a can and it says new and improved, I'm like, oh, wow, they're working. I mean, they're getting, they're getting their act together. They're trying to make this better. And I buy it. It may just be the box that's new and improved. Who knows? But new and improved somehow, does anybody else do that? You want it when it says new and improved. It's like I'm going to miss out on something. This is new and improved. I, I got to give it a shot. My wife laughs at me when I go to the grocery store. If, if cheese is like five for, for a dollar, I get five packs of cheese. And I get home and she says, honey, let me explain this to you. Five for a dollar doesn't mean you have to buy five. You can buy just one and just spend a dollar because I'll come home. Look what a deal I got on cheese. You know, it's new and improved and it was five for a dollar. There's something about new that attracts people. Now, does that work the same when it comes to the church? I think it does. Take a look at this chart that charts church growth from pre-1800s. These are when churches began, when they were planted. Now look at the growth pattern from pre-1800s all the way up. They're 
not growing. In fact, they're declining, 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 declining all the way up until the churches that were started in the 1970s. And then the growth is just minuscule, just a tiny little line. But look as we get closer to now and new things got, got started and new things started to happen. Look how much more new attracts people. It's still only a little bit above 8%, but still new attracts people. So why wouldn't you continue to multiply and, and reproduce into new things if that's what's effective? It's pretty clear that it is. Just think about our county right here, Wake County. There's 800 and some thousand people live in Wake County. This morning, there are only 12.6% of those people in an evangelical church. 12.6. That's not very many. Man, if you live over in Orange County, it's only 6.5%. That's because UNC's over there. But, I mean, it's even, it's even lower. The point is, that number, 12.6%, I believe, I honestly believe, one church, this church, Life Point Church, can put a dent in that number. I really believe we can. I really believe that when we start to think about multiplication and we start to get it, I believe we can put a dent in the 12.6%. And, and we can, God can work through us to be responsible for that number continuing to rise and more and more people getting to experience what you're experiencing. The fact is, without multiplication, the church dies. End of story. There's people out there today, as you can see from this chart, not enjoying what you enjoy, not getting to experience what you're experiencing, not getting in on the worship and the relationship and the connection with God. And I can't stop until I do everything in my power with God working through us and making a dent in that number. My friend and author Dave Ferguson says this, the multi-site church reaches out to ba- make both more, more Christians and more mature Christians. See, multiplying, it's not always real easy. It's not always real natural. You've you got to make it happen. But here's what makes it worth it. In my mind, when I think about the hours and the work and the money and all that stuff, it's all, it's all worth it when I hear stories like this. It's from an email I got not too long ago. It says, Donnie, I'd like to take a few moments and let you know how grateful I am for LifePoint in our lives. It seems like so long ago when we stood in line for free hot chocolate at the Wake Forest tree lighting, and I picked up a flyer about a new church coming to our area. I carried it with me and prayed that my husband would be willing to attend. I'd, I was yearning in my life for something more. The next Sunday, we attended your Six Forks location. I was on pins and needles throughout the service, worrying that my husband would be uncomfortable and not want to come back, and it would be our last visit. When we picked up our boys from Fam Jam, they were so excited, and they started talking about going back before we ever left the parking lot. Here we are months later, after, months later after I drank my cup of hot chocolate from Frosty. My husband's now a proud roadie and hopefully will become an expert trailer backer upper in the future. My youngest son is begging to be in the next What's Up video and knows most, of the, most or all of the words to the songs they sing in Fam Jam. My other son 
went to kid jam camp and came back with so much enthusiasm and excitement over growing ever closer to God. Summer, the family life director, is wanting me to become a fam jam character, and I think I might do it. I never imagined my life could have changed so much in a short period of time, and the change in my husband and boys in their walk with Christ has been astounding. My husband's even been able for the first time to reach out to a friend who's been seriously hurt and is seriously struggling and bring him to church. And now his kids and family come and love it too. I'm proud that we're now a family of Christ followers. And I just wanted to say thank you for that cup of hot chocolate that's changed our lives. That's why we multiply. That's why we can't stop because people's lives are changed. When people's lives start changing, we need to back up and do something else. But we can allow God to work through us in a way by keeping focused on the things he wants us to focus on and let him work through us to change lives to where this room couldn't possibly hold everything that God's got in store for us. So you've heard the four areas of focus we have as a church. And for those of you that have been here for a while, and especially for this four weeks, and if you haven't been here the whole four weeks, just go, go to our website or by the info booth, see how you can get a recording of these messages. But think this week about committing to membership at LifePoint and joining with this church and what it's doing and with these people, with us, as we go and seek to multiply and change what God would have us change and storm the gates of evil. And we know that it won't prevail. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are in awe that you would trust us with such a message uh, to change other people's lives. I pray that you would continue to work through us as we multiply as a church and multiply as individuals. I pray we never lose sight of why we do it. And God, as we continue to see more and more people sitting in our seats. I pray that we never back off of helping everyone understand it's about sharing this message with a world that needs hope. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.